you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. In the huddle is back at you guys. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger. And we love the addition week in and week out of Nick Costos. He joins us to talk about betting. And also, he gives us his thoughts on the big games of the week. And Nick, welcome back in. You bet. You, you better you bet. Check out his podcast as well, guys. All right. I just want to jump in here because the commanders, and I'm looking at this, Nick, and I'm going four and a half point favorites. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, wait a minute. Didn't these two teams just play and why are the Commanders a four-and-a-half-point favorite? Uh, great to be on with you guys. I'm a Giants fan, and I can tell you that I think the answer is because the Giants are really bad. But if we want to have like a really technical like point spread answer here. So they played a couple weeks ago in uh, at MedLife. The Commanders closed a two-and-a-half-point road favorite there. So if you want to flip home field, let's say you give a, a, um, each team a point for home field, I think that gets you there to where we're sitting with the four-and-a-half. I also upgrade Washington with the Commanders coming off their bye week. The Giants just got absolutely throttled and manhandled by the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see if Chase Young's officially going to play, but it looks like Chase Young's at least on track to play for the Commanders. The Giants still have players dropping like flies here. I think the Giants are big time up against it here, and I think that's how we get to this number. And honestly, I think the number still might be a little short where Washington maybe should be a bigger favorite. Now, it'll give anyone pause to lay like five and a half points with Taylor Heineke. And he's played well, but like winning games and winning by margin are two different things here. Still, for me, it's Washington or nothing coming up on Sunday night. Now, I've talked to some smart people over the course of the week this week that think this number will keep going up, and they may want to take a shot with the Giants as an underdog just to keep the game close on Sunday night. For me, I think the Giants are really up against it here. I would only bet the Commanders. I actually think the right point spread in this game should be six on Sunday night. Wow. All right. So I'm looking at the Dolphins going up to Buffalo. Baldy, it's supposed to snow up there. I mean, the weather's supposed to be a factor. And everybody automatically goes to warm weather team versus cold weather team and being in the elements. I'm just going to say, I don't think the Dolphins are playing well right now. And and I'm just going to chalk it up to the Dolphins are not playing well. And then you've got to add to that going up to Buffalo. Nick, what are you thinking about Bill's Dolphins this weekend? Well, you know, I, it's, it's not so much warm weather, cold weather. It's more like strong arm quarterback and maybe the quarterback with not the strongest arm. Um, if the wind is going to be really bad, and yeah, meteorology is really fickle. Who the hell knows what it's going to be like on Saturday night. We can expect inclement weather of some sort on Saturday night in December in Western New York in Orchard Park, I think probably makes some sense, right? So let's just create a scenario where the wind is really bad. And wind is, and Baldy can tell you guys know this, right? Wind is what's really going to screw up an offense. Not snow, yep. not rain. It's going to be You're wind. Right. Remember last year when the Bills played the Patriots in that insane wind game on Monday Night Football? Josh Allen's got a freaking howitzer, man. He can sling it through the wind. And, like, I like Tua, and Tua's taken a lot of shrapnel over the course of the last couple weeks here. Like, is he as good as Justin Herbert in my estimation? No, but, I mean, is that also, like, a fair measuring stick? Like, no. Like, Tua's still really good. The problem is, this is my opinion, Boldy, I don't know if you agree or disagree. Like, Miami has this timing-based passing offense. Like, cornerbacks are getting physical with the wide receivers here. It's just, like, another thing that could potentially mess up the timing if the wind is going to be howling here and Tua can't get the ball to Waddle and can't get the ball to Tyreek down the field. Just another reason, one reason why I really like Buffalo in the game. These two teams obviously played back in South Beach in Week 3. The Dolphins won that game. The Dolphins, the Bills destroyed them in that game. Had like 250 more total yards in the game. The box score is lopsided towards Buffalo. Miami ends up winning a statistical anomaly game. 
I, I think the Dolphins get railroaded on Saturday night. Wind is bad. Wind is not bad. I don't think it makes a difference. The number seven, that's crazy to me. I think it needs to be more than a touchdown. I think the Bills keep it rolling here, and the Dolphins skid continues. We might be talking, guys, in a month from now, Miami potentially missing the playoffs with the way the Dolphins' schedule closes down the stretch here. It's, Give it's me kind the of amazing watching San Francisco and the Chargers like really man up these receivers, you know, Carl. Like, uh, like Mike Davis is a big, tall corner, number 43 for the Chargers. I mean, he was on Jalen Waddle, couldn't off the he couldn't get off him. Uh, he was on Gasicki. He was on Sherfield. I mean, he 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 defended passes against everybody. They they won that game without Derwin James, who's arguably their best player. And so it was it was actually something to see. Now, San Francisco, okay, that's a different animal. They got a front that can just, you know, just really disrupt you the way they did the two up and he threw the two interceptions. But I mean, I I think what Tredavious White back in Buffalo now and looking like Tredavious White couple weeks now he looks good like that defense looks pretty good right now and I don't think they're gonna have I just can't see the ball going over their head I mean that's number one priority in that whole defense yeah. is the ball is not going over our head they're playing more man coverage than they have in the past but like those safeties are back there like good luck trying to get it to Tyreek you know down the field in this game can I yeah. toss one thing out? One other thing. I know Vaughn's out, but I mean, I, Epineza and Rousseau have both been awesome for Buffalo and both are really coming on. Those are guys that I'm watching down the stretch here. The young pass rushers for Buffalo Rousseau's affecting good. the quarterback down the stretch. Yeah, yep. they've got enough depth to survive the Von Miller injury. Yeah, it hurts, certainly, but I, I totally agree. Um, I want to ask you about the Cowboys. It's in the huddle, guys. Nick Costas here with us. And uh, I, I think the Cowboys, this is a dangerous situation, right? I see Trevor Lawrence ascending. He's he's doing things that I like to see a young quarterback do. And I'm looking at the Cowboys, and they're giving four and a half, Nick, here? What's the deal? Um, I think it's a, an extremely interesting game. There are some games, guys, when we talk about things from like a point spread perspective, right, where the point spread of the game is going to be what it is and like only an injury is going to change it and there's not going to be a lot of argument that like this is what the point spread of a game should be. I think this is a game where you could legitimately get away as a handicapper with creating a point spread where like this is the right range, where like Dallas should be like a four-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite maybe in the game. And I also think like you can come up with a point spread here, and this is what makes this this particular game very subjective and very interesting, where Dallas should maybe be like a six or a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So it's like, are, are you really dinging Dallas for the performance last week against Houston, or do you, the person that's handicapping this game, still think Dallas is ranked with Philly? in Buffalo and Kansas City is one of the best teams in the league. For me, I think it's the latter. I like Dallas in this game, and I think that I am like the contrarian here, and I am going to be in the minority of people, but of betters and just people that pick games and that do content, whether it's betting or otherwise, that I like Dallas in this spot here. And I, I know Trevor Lawrence played great, and I think Trevor Lawrence can play great in this game also, and I'll get to that in a second here, but I can't get it out of my head what Derrick Henry was able to do last week to this Jaguars defense. And like Lawrence gets all the headlines. Also Derrick Henry ran through them like a hot knife through butter and then put the ball on the turf a couple times here where I, I shudder to think what, what Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are going to do running the football on this Jaguars defense here. So I like the Cowboys in the game. I think Dallas covers the spread. Now what I would say for people out there and Carl, if you like the Jaguars in this game, I think that really correlates to the over in the game mm. where I feel confident that Dallas is going to score in the game. Like Dallas is going to score in my estimation on this Jaguars defense. And I think you're right, by the way, about Trevor Lawrence, like the awakening I think has occurred. 
he kind of like looks to me like a guy who's going to be able to move the ball on any defense right now. doesn't matter who it is because he's playing at that level at this moment right now. So I think if you like Jacksonville, there it's going to be a higher scoring game. And I think we definitely get to 48 points here. So my advice would be correlate the Jaguars with the over. For me, I'm just going to lay the points with the Dallas Cowboys. And I, I'm willing to say that I might be wrong here. It's just my subjective opinion is that Dallas wins and covers. He I think has- it's a dangerous game. You know, they lost Terrence Steele. Last week, nobody wants to talk about Terrence Steele in mm-hmm. Dallas or, you know, outside of Dallas. But he was a solid right tackle. They put Josh Ball in there. Like, he gave up two quarterback hits and pressures. They pull him out. They put 40-year-old Jason Peter in there. Maybe Jason is 41 now. But, like, if that's – that's they, that's a that position has to get shored up. Tyron Smith going to be back, hopefully, though, this weekend, help the offensive line for the Cowboys? Who? Tyron, Tyron Smith, Smith may be back. Well, I mean, if Tyron comes back, they still have to figure out what they're going to do at right tackle. You know, are they going to put the rookie, you know, uh, Smith over there at right tackle? I mean, he hasn't played any right tackle at all. And so that's like, that's a lot to ask if Trayvon Walker's over there or Josh Allen or somebody. I think it's an issue. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, I th- let me let me ask you, Carl, like going back to his Cartersville, Georgia days, did you watch him play? I did. Cartersville? I did. I'm assuming you did. Like, he... he the way he's throwing the football right now, like the offense makes sense. They can, you know, Evan Ingram had a career day last week. You know, they called plays for him. They triple screens. They got him free. He, he had a great game. But the other part is the offensive line has had six games this year where they have not surrendered a sack. Like that group, Cam Robinson and, you know, that group up front, the sheriff at right guard, Hatley, like they have really played well. And, when Trevor Lawrence is protected, he's putting the ball where he wants to put it right now. And I saw Micah Parsons shut out last week by Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. He, close to the quarterback. So, I mean, I hear – and I like Micah. I'm a fan, and I watch all his games. I do all his breakdowns. But, you know, he's talking about Jalen Hurts isn't the MVP. and System. He should really concentrate on, on, on Jacksonville this week. That's what he should be concentrating on. Trevor threw for 368, three touchdowns against the Titans. He hasn't thrown an interception in five games. Yep. Guys, it's clicking. It's, it's clicking. clicking. And to your point about Cartersville, you know, when you see kids in high school, and I, I yeah. do this periodically every year, yeah, yeah. Or I, I go pick and I talk to coaches and they say, yeah. you got to come see this kid. And You're when right. Trevor was in high school, he was this much better than everybody else, right? Yeah. He was just throwing touchdowns, but it was about the touch. It was about the feel. Because mm-hmm. at that level, you know, can he do this at Talent's college? going to win out. Correct, right? Yeah. And talent's going to win out. And then he goes to Clemson and he does the same thing. And obviously the tools and talent, Baldy, we talk about it all the time, are there. Yes. The other stuff, though, is coming along for Jacksonville. And that's why, Nick, I think this is a dangerous game. And I do like your overcall. I think that might be the play here for me if I was going to bet this. And I'm thinking about it because I'm with you. Cowboys are going to score. Guys, the Cowboys are averaging 30, 37 points a game right now. They're going to put up points. The over might be the play. Nick, I got to ask you, last but not least, man, before we let you go, Browns. Browns? How are the Browns favored against the Ravens? Um, I would ask a different question. Uh, my question would not be, how are the Browns favored? My question would be, why are the Browns not favored by more? And I, maybe I've been saying this all week on the wait show. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. After oh, last yeah. week, uh, d- definitely. the Browns were pathetic. What are you talking about? They should be favored by well, more. Well, like they, they lost by 13. I bet the Browns. I came on the show last week. I talked about I like the Browns in the game. I bet six. They lost by 13. They had, to be fair... 
to be fair, a billion chances like to make that game a lot closer, including a, a million trips like inside banking. Well, that would require the quarterback to play at a high level. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Listen, listen, okay. I am I, I'm not telling you what I've got all the answers. I'm all will always tell you that like I acknowledge that I could be wrong about things and like I, I might be the idiot here. Like, I actually, I might be the idiot. I make Cleveland, I make my own point spreads in the NFL. And I think more often than not, like, my point spreads are pretty good. The number will move towards my number over the course of the week. Um, it's not here. I make the Browns a three-and-a-half point favorite here. Massive difference from two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half. Three being the most key number that games land on the most, right? So that that number for me is if Tyler Huntley plays. So, like, it looks like Huntley's going to play, right? On, on Wednesday, went through yeah. a full practice. Still hasn't cleared protocol. But the expectation is that Huntley's going to play. It won't be Anthony Brown, that it'll be Tyler Huntley. Mm -hmm. So I, at two and a half, this is a bet for me on Cleveland. And I understand what Baldy's saying, that Watson was horrendous against the Texans. There's no question. I didn't think he was as bad last week against the Bengals. But Baldy, obviously, he's forgotten more about football than I know. So obviously, like, Baldy's opinion matters a lot, of course, here. But I, I thought Watson played better, just like my eye test in the game. I thought he played better than he did against Houston. So the Browns, in two weeks with Deshaun Watson, are 7 of 28 on third down. Brutal. 1 of 4 in the red zone. Obviously brutal. Now, maybe that keeps going. It's like when you pass a roulette wheel in Vegas and it lands red nine times in a row. You're like, well, now it has to be black. Does it? Definitely doesn't. So, like, this could keep happening here. Third down woes for the Browns. I, I just have to imagine, and maybe it won't happen until next year for Watson, and maybe that's what this is going to be. He's a top five to seven quarterback in the NFL. He's got two games under the belt now, and I thought he played better last week. I think you're going to get a better effort from Deshaun Watson in this game here. I think he's It's awesome. not about effort, Nick. It's not about effort. The effort's good. The eyes are terrible. He doesn't. He's dropping his eyes and reading the rush. And if he does that against Calais Campbell and Roquan Smith and his group, him. like it's it's going to be bad. Like Marcus Peters is going to be out there. Like they're Marlin. They're going to be out there looking to pick. The sh you know, I mean, they're welcoming. Like the, the one of the storylines that kids they're welcoming Deshaun Watson to the AFC North. All right, yeah. you got to go through Baltimore. You got to go through Pittsburgh. You're in this division now. All right, like they they, they kind of. Want to give them a little welcoming party, I think, you know, and so you think they're going to win the Ravens? Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to win the game. I do. Yeah, I, 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 they ran the, I I'll say this. I know we're talking about the quarterbacks. I have not seen the Ravens. Now, obviously, you know, Tyler's in there. Lamar's not there. But if you just want to run the ball, that's the best the Ravens have run the ball in two years. Now, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they looked healthy, really healthy for the first time in two years. We all know the injuries that they both have gone through. But I've watched J.K. Dobbins since he came out of LaGrange, Texas. He looked like that kid that went to Columbus and won the running back job day one. He, he looked like the kid that was, you know, a, a candidate for rookie of the year. Like the way they're running the ball and the way that Cleveland can't defend the run, I, I like I think that's where this game could really swing. And that's why I favor the Ravens. I'm not saying you can't be right and Cleveland can cover or win or whatever. I'm just saying I like – the way the Ravens ran the ball last week, better than I've seen them. Like they all these running yards when Lamar's running, the running backs ran last week. And if that happens, by the way, heading towards the playoffs, they become very dangerous because now you add the element of Lamar coming back. You're running the ball effectively like that. I think that's a dangerous recipe. I'm with you on the run game. All right, Nick, tell the people where they can check out your podcast. We always appreciate you stopping by. Great info, guys. Take it, soak it up. Put your bets in early if you can get them. Where do, you, where do they find you, Nick? 
Also, uh, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones both going to have big games as the Browns win by three or more points. On, so I just wanted to add that, that the Browns are going to win. And the quarterback has to get the ball to Amari, though. You know, <laughs> he has to get it to him. Listen, I'm, I'm going to get in touch with Deshaun Watson. Eyes up this week. Eyes probably up. Good, probably good for Deshaun in more ways than one. Great to be on with you guys. Uh, you better you bet. Weekdays 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sunday mornings 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Search you bet wherever you find your podcast. Wishing you guys and all your great listeners minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Baldy, I'll talk to you later today on You Better You yep. Bet. All right, man. Take care, Nick. We'll see you you next time. Great stuff. Let's get into some of these games, my friend. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, it's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four, a part of this as well. And every week we look ahead to games. Now, the most impressive team for me right now, Baldy, is the Lions. I would not have said this five weeks ago. Maybe we can go back and listen to our podcast five weeks ago. and We were talking about what team was going to ascend, what team was going to take the next leap. Jared Goff's playing out of his mind, man. He's just playing really good football. And you've been touting the OC for a while now. I don't think it's a secret anymore. This offense is legit. It's legit, Carl. And not just legit. They are so fun to watch. They really are. You know, like last week, you know, we we saw Jamison Williams on the field for the second time. But we saw his first catch. Now, there was a breakdown in the secondary of Minnesota. But you see the blistering speed that mm. we all saw at Alabama. Like, now, you know, they took a chance, 12th pick in the draft, you know, first round. They took a chance and said, we're willing to let this kid's, you know, ACL heal. When We'll put him on the field when he's ready to get on the field. And he kind of had a coming out part. You know, and then the next – so that's the first touchdown. Second touchdown, Khalif Raymond runs a punt back 35 yards to get the ball at the 48-yard line. That Ben Johnson, the offense coordinator, said, we're going. Like, next play, there's DJ Chark, double move, touchdown. It's 14-0, Nick. Like, they attack because they have people that can attack. They they have an offensive line, Penae Sewell, Zedaria Smith is yours. Shut him down. Shut and he did. Down. And he did. Shut him down. For, you know, Ragnow and Taylor Decker, like, it's a good group. They didn't run the ball particularly well last week. But on defense, Nick, like, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is the real deal. Like the effort, the way that he plays, he plays the game the right way. Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth round last year, Nick, or Carl, they they had two sixth round picks. Malcolm Rodriguez out of Oklahoma State and this kid James Houston out of Jackson State. So I'm watching this kid James Houston last week, and he gets yeah. a sack. And you go, okay, yeah. pretty impressive. Then I go back and I go, what else has he done? He's played 36 plays all year, Carl. He's got four sacks and 36 snaps. He, he went to work with Chuck Smith down in Atlanta. He did. Mother and father, you know, said, let's give him the best coach. Like, Nick, this guy, I don't even know who to compare him to right now. He, he started watching Bubba Baker tape, an old film from Bubba Baker, like this hesitation move that Bubba had. And he's putting <laughs> on these guys four sacks and 36 snaps. He's going to get more playing time against the Jets this week. I know we haven't talked about the Jets at all, but, man, Detroit is fun to watch. And you, everything Dan Campbell has been touting for the last two years, it's kind of coming to be. And you can see this team believes in itself. Let me let me talk about Chuck Smith for a second because he's a, a really good friend. Um, he works with a lot of guys. A lot of guys. A, a lot of guys. And yep. I am privy to being around that when these yep. guys come into town. Yep. Chuck told me about this kid from Jackson State. He, he did an HBCU combine in Arizona last year. Okay. Okay. So he had a bunch of these guys out in Arizona and we're talking and he's like, 
I'm telling you, some of these guys, they're sleepers. Yeah. He mentions this young man, and I said, well, tell me about him. And yeah. his nickname is The Problem. So <laughs> when you yeah. talk about this kid coming off the edge, and I was yeah. like, what? What are you talking about? And now you're seeing this. Detroit got a steal with this young man. And I absolutely agree with you. With more snaps, more playing time, he's a baller, man. He is a guy that's going to be an issue coming off the edge. But, you know, these are the kind of fines, Baldy, right, when you're drafting that puts your team over the top. The Rodriguez kid, I'm going to tell you, I'm watching uh, HBO Hard Knocks. Yeah. And AG, Aaron Glenn's in the film room, right? And they only show you a little bit. I don't need to see much. You you right. know this. We, we need to see just a little bit. That's right. And this kid fills the gap, right, on a just a simple dive play. Boom! He hits the guy, and I'm like, you don't see that read and that kind of explosiveness from a linebacker who's just basically, you know, you think these guys are lost out there when they get – and I said, wow, he's impressive. And then fast forward 13, 14 weeks into the season, this kid's been the real deal. He's putting he's putting quite a resume together, Carl. Like he didn't start early in the season, but he, you know, he's a full-time starter now. But he's a, he's a thumper. You know, he, he is. brings a little something, something to the party. Um, but he but just the feel for the game, you know, some kids go to the combine in Indianapolis, they just don't run the fastest time. They're not the tallest guy. Like it's just those things kind of, you know, just keep knocking you down. You play in the Big 12, it's a passing league. How are you going to do against power running? Well, sometimes you just find good players in the sixth round, you know, and they found two really good ones to go. And all of a sudden, you remember, like, you know, all those things about Akuda. Oh, he was over, over third pick in the draft. He's over drafted. Yeah. All of a sudden, Jeff Akuda is looking like a really good corner, you know, in all phases of the game. Like, there's just young talent. You need young talent to fuel, you know, guys, you know, to fuel a, rank, a Frank Ragnow or Taylor Decker or Jared Goff, the guys have been around a long time. You get all these young bucks in there. They don't really know what they don't know, but they bring a lot of energy every day to practice and to the games. And, you you know, you, it, it kind of jumps off the screen at you. So it's uh, Lions at Jets. Mike White got killed last week. Oh, my God. I, and I'm not, ju- I'm not sure what the Jets are going to look like this week after that beatdown. That was one of the most physical games all season. Didn't you think? I mean, both defenses were just going at it last well, week. I mean, look. Josh Allen, hit, I think his two worst games of the year against the Jets. Like they, he couldn't convert, a, he couldn't complete a third down pass until almost halftime. You know, I mean, the Jets really had their number. The, the game, it was funny because sometimes these games swing on one play. So it's like 0 0, right? They're just going back and forth. Defenses are just slaughtering each other. And then it was fourth and one, and the Bills went for it. CJ Mosley, who's as good as anybody in this business, like, they run this play where they bring the tight end, Dawson Knox, in to take the snap like Kansas City does. And he, he tries to time it. He jumps over the pile, and they get a free fourth down, uh, you know, conversion. And it seemed like from that moment on, Buffalo's offense really took off. Yeah. And just wicked, horrible weather. It was sleet all day. It turned to snow. It was just windy. It was just a tough day. And, I, you know, Mike Smith, I know he, like, he got knocked out of the game twice. I mean, the hits that he took. Mike White. Milano hit him like, like I didn't know he was going to get up from these hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was like rough. But he came back. He made some good throws to Garrett Wilson. They just couldn't, you know, they just couldn't sustain offense. Like, they're having, they can't find the right tackle to stay healthy. And, you know, they're just, it's just like every week they keep losing really good players. 
Let's talk about Titans, Chargers. Subscribe, guys. We put out new episodes Tuesday and Thursday. Thank you for all the input, feedback. We love it. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, put them up. Our man Jason Lock on four as well. Let's talk about Titans at Chargers. Titans are falling apart, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what's going on. Derrick Henry was running the ball great last week, and then, then he wasn't. And, you know, the Chargers, you're talking about, I think it was five or six starters out on the defensive side, and they still were able to do what they did last week. So what's the deal here, Baldy, with this game this weekend? Well, when I watched the Chargers against the Dolphins, for the first time maybe all year, Carl, I saw Michael Williams, I saw Keenan Allen, I saw Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett. You know, like they were all Carter. Like they were all healthy. And so now all of a sudden you got your deep shot to Mike Williams. You know, he makes a great play against Xavier Howard. You're seeing Keenan Allen work the middle of the field on third down, sustaining drives. You're seeing Josh Palmer – and just his abilities. And and you give Justin Herbert any time. Like he's just gonna he's gonna carve you up. He's just yeah. that good. You know, I mean nobody, well, I can't say anybody, but he can spin it, throw it as well as anybody in this whole league. And you give him a full complement of receivers, he's gonna find them. And that's what he did last week. I think that's where and right now, Tennessee, they're without Danico Autry, who's probably the best interior rusher. Jeffrey Simmons looks banged up. You know, Harold Landry hasn't played. Bud Dupree hasn't really shown up recently. You know, Christian Fulton's out. David Long's out. Like, they've had all these injuries, Carl. And so now the, the ranks are just depleted. And so you've got, like, Kevin Byard, who should be the free safety, is covering the tight end last week just because they didn't have anybody to do it. Right. And so I just feel like, you know, the Chargers right now are getting healthy, at least on offense, at the right time of the year. And if they get healthy on that side of the ball and they get to the playoffs – they could be a problem for teams. I'm with you. Um, we didn't mention the Thursday night game, and we need to. 49ers, yes. Seattle. It's a big one. It's it's a big Huge. game. But I've been with you on this, I don't know, for three or four weeks as we kept talking about the 49ers. They're going to take off. They're going to take off. What we didn't know is the Garoppolo injury was going to happen. Right. Okay. But it hasn't necessarily hampered them. And I got I like Brock uh, Purdy. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Brock Purdy. I announced a game last week, Carl. I was there. So I've talked to all the guys before the game, talked to Debo Samuel, you know, talked to Christian McCaffrey. And I'm just saying, like, what are you, what are you seeing? What's what's he like? You know, and they're like, Baldy, he's in he, he's in his locker. He's got his, you know, his laptop there. He's just like, even when he wasn't playing, he was preparing. And so, you know, some some people, you know, can look like they have this tremendous swag because they're really prepared, Carl. Right. And I feel like Purdy has – skills he's got great pocket awareness how to move in the pocket to keep a play alive he's got he's got his eyes are down the field you know deep shots last week to Ayuk and to McCaffrey for touchdowns not no fear to throw the ball in the middle of the field so I was talking to Debo about it I said okay he goes well what do you think Baldy I go well he's he, he looks like he's got no fear of throwing the ball to, to you over the middle looks like he can take a hit looks like he can extend plays and get out of harm's way he goes, I go, check, 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 Debo. He goes, check, check, check. I can't believe it. You know, and so I, I don't, you know, sometimes you see these guys and they have like a two or three game span and we all get carried away. Like, I don't think we're getting carried away. Like, we all want to see more. But on a team that has a tremendous defense, can take the ball away, make Tom Brady look pedestrian last week. Mm-hmm. Maybe the offense doesn't have to be great, but they're running the ball really well. McCaffrey ran it as well as he's run it in two years last week. 
they look like a dangerous team to me, Carl. They won five in a row. I don't think it's going to like, – Seattle's leaking oil right now. Yes, they are. They really missed Kenneth Walker in the run game. And, you know, for the first time all year, Geno Smith t- threw two interceptions. Now, they were really good plays by J.C. Horn and C.J. Henderson. But nonetheless, we haven't seen that from Geno. And I don't know against this defense if that might not happen again. Bengals at Bucks, Baldy, uh, two teams headed in the opposite, opposite direction. Speaking of teams that are looking the part right now, the Bengals are – um, I, I can't tell you every week how much I love Burrow and his c- composure, but um, Bengals are 0-3 when sacked four more times this season. So, you know, they're 9-1 when he sacked three or less. That's a huge number, but I don't think the Bucs get to him, and I don't think the Bucs win this game. And I think, you know, all the conversation about the Bucs winning this division, I don't even know if they win the I- NFC South. I'm with I-, you. I think they're falling apart right now. Well, in the last three weeks now against Cleveland, New Orleans, and last week in San Francisco – Brady's thrown it 48, 55, and 55 times. Like, the formula to lose games is to throw it 50-plus times. It just is. I mean, you can look up any metric. And it's the way that they throw it, Carl. They Brady knows he can't hold it. So everything is a, a perimeter throw. Right. It's to the sideline. It's a bubble screen. It's a check down. That's the whole offense. They can't get the ball down the field because they can't hold up. And the hidden secret, like, Burrow is an assassin. Like he went, if he wants to get like they played last week without T, without Tyler, it didn't matter. They had Jamar and they had, you know, Trenton, like they had all these other guys. It didn't matter. Like Burrow is protected enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, Miles got to him a couple times and Genevieve Clowney got to him a couple times, but like his eyes are in the right place. And but the hidden part to this team is their defense. Yeah. Defense like Logan Wilson and like Pratt, like these guys are really good players. And Hendrickson and, you know, Hubbard, like, and, and then the, the, the real, the best player on their defense last week was DJ Reader. Like, he's just a force in the middle. And he was last week. He, he's healthy right now. Like, DJ Reader in the middle of that defense is a big difference maker. And I just think the Bucks, man, that offense. In fact, people in Tampa told me, if you see Brady throwing the ball to the sidelines, we're not winning the game. <laughs> down the field they got yes. it once down the field to godwin last week and that, that's not enough no it's not working uh, it's just not monday night i want to mention rams at packers only because baker mayfield and what he did mm-hmm. and what it means for the rams moving forward baldy we talked about it i think the injury to jared golf's a little bit more serious than maybe they assume or they're leading on and he might have to make a decision about his football future maybe he's back next year but even if he is what Baker Mayfield does over the next few weeks may determine where he ends up and how his future is shaped. So Packers, we've talked about it, but I just think it's interesting to see if Mayfield can build on what we saw. Well, if you, I mean, just think about the track record that Sean McVay has. He had the number one pick in Jared Goff, took him to a Super Bowl. Had the number one pick in Matt Stafford. Everybody that saw him in Detroit said, oh, you know, he can't. And we saw what he did. You know, and now he's got Baker, you know. And so <laughs> you give a talent, like a piece of talent, and Baker's talented. You give Sean McVay a talented quarterback, a guy that knows how to throw the ball, you know, knows how to read a defense, has a lot of experience. Like, he's going to do good things. Now, I, I couldn't tell you that Baker's going to take the team down the field, you know, to win the game against the Raiders, you know, like he did on Thursday night. Now he's had 10 days to get ready. I'm sure that. Him and McVay's had meetings every single day. 
you know, just combing the playbook, looking for things that Baker likes, you know, that he's comfortable with. Um, and so I think this is a good marriage. And I think Baker's going to be there. I think he's going to be the long-term answer. I and quarterback. And you think about it. I okay. Too. You know, if Stafford, whether he, you know, he is done or he isn't, we know it's not going to be a lot longer that probably that Matt plays. Um, he's been at it for a long time. So I think Baker's going to be on that team. And I think he's going to be the quarterback going forward. I want to ask you one last thing before we let you go, guys. Subscribe. New episodes Tuesday, Thursday. We're counting down. Literally after this week, we got three weeks left. We got Saturday football, Sunday football. I love this time of year in the NFL. Who's the rookie of the year? The defensive rookie of the year, Baldy. Sauce, Hutchinson, Tariq Woolen. Who's the rookie, defensive rookie of the year? Well, Woolen has the numbers. You know, he's got the six interceptions. Um, Sauce plays in New York. And I've seen them, I've seen the ball go over his head for completion once the whole year. Defended one of the goal line last week against Buffalo. Uh, it's, I mean, to me, Sauce is is the guy right now. Just overall play. Now, Tariq has been, I call him the shadow because the only thing faster than than Tariq is his shadow. Um, <laughs> he, he is a phenomenal player. We, we get a chance to watch him on national TV tonight. Yes. If he gets, if he picks Brock Purdy. You know, that might be enough on national TV in a big game, in a big spot, in a Take big division over. game. Yeah. You know, sometimes the national exposure in a big spot can kind of tip, you know, tip the scales. I agree. Uh, Hutchinson's had a great year as well. I don't want to dismiss it. I think those three guys are going to win defensive rookie of the year. One of those three guys, right? Yeah. Uh, when it's all said and done. Baldy, great job, man, as always. Thanks, Carl. Enjoy the games. Where are you at this weekend, by the way? I'm, I'm out in Los Angeles. Uh, on Saturday or Sunday, Chargers and Tennessee. Oh, we got a so, good one. Yeah. We got a good one. We'll yeah. talk to you next week, my friend. Take care. Everybody, yeah. thank you so much. Join us Tuesday. We'll release another episode. We'll talk about what happened over the weekend. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about it. It's in the huddle. Have a great day, everybody.